we need to ask this question every once in a while. That you did something for the first time. When is the last time you did something great for the first time? You know, your life is measured by what you do for the first time. Otherwise, you're just doing something you've already done, and even though you may get good of it, it's already old. God's new every morning, and he's got something new to show you and to do for you and to put in your life, and you're going to have to, I'm going to have to do something new. So when's the last time that you did something for the first time? Well, we might do something for the first time this morning. When's the last time you did something for the first time? Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Let's read it together. King James is here. Do the best you can. Verse 3. Ready? Read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He hath blessed us. Say, I'm blessed. Oh, it doesn't mean you don't have something facing you. It doesn't mean there's not something mean looking you in the eye. But the Bible says you've been blessed. And God has blessed you. The devil has no power to unbless you. All he can do is intimidate you and say the real deal is what you're facing. That preacher doesn't know what you've got going. You're not blessed, but I'm telling you this morning, you're blessed. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. Look here in verse 23, for verily, Jesus said, red letter, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto the mountain. Well, you know, we could have a mountain in our life. Be blessed, but still have a mountain. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, I like that, but let's go to verse 24. Jesus then said, therefore, now he's tying what he just said. Speak to the mountain. It'll do what you say that you believe in your heart. Your faith-filled words will move the trouble. Therefore, there's a therefore. That's not the end of it, is it? Just to move the mountains, not the end of it. He said, therefore, the good stuff is, I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire, when ye pray... Believe that ye receive them, and ye shall what? Have them. The word there, desire. Whatsoever things ye desire. That's an important concept about you and I living successfully, moving mountains out of the way, and having God's best. Is that you got to have a desire. you got to have something in you so God can work on it. We've been taught that God's just got his deal, and robotically we just move around, and God has his deals. You know, all things work together for good. I've noticed that's not the truth. I've noticed folks in the hospital, people in jail, you know, it isn't all working out good for them. That's not the whole end of it, is it? There's more. So it says there, whatsoever things ye desire. Well, wonder what that means. It means, I looked it up, I knew you'd want to know, it, it means to ask. Some of your versions probably say, whatsoever things ye ask when you pray. And, you know, praying involves asking, so that would be logical. Then it also means to beg. I don't think that fits here, but it could be used, that word. It means to call for, whatsoever things ye call for when you pray. That fits with what he's saying. Whatsoever things ye crave. Now we're getting somewhere. It's not just like, well, I'd kind of like to have a red Ferrari, you know. Whatsoever things ye desire, yeah, that'd be okay. You know, you don't have a garage to put it in. You're living over here in a pup tent on the side, but, you know, you're over there asking for a red Ferrari, and, you know, you can't pay the insurance. It's not a real desire. That's an undeveloped and immature desire. Would you all say? That's lust. (laughs) That's just dreaming aloud with your eyes open. 
not even godly. But then it says to require. Whatsoever things ye require when ye pray, believe that ye receive them or take them, and ye shall have them. First John chapter 5 says this. This is the confidence that we have in him, him, Jesus. This is the confidence we have in him. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything, talking about a confidence in him, that if we ask him anything according to his will, are you all with me? So we're qualifying it here. He heareth me, he heareth us, and if we know that he hear me, hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired, that we've called for, that we've demanded, that we've craved of him. We have a confidence that if we pray according to the will of God, that when we pray, he hears us. And if he hears us, he doesn't just say, send it here, send it there, we'll get to that next week. He hears me, and we have a confidence <laughs> that we have the petitions. What petitions? That we've desired or asked or craved or called for. So there's something there. There's something more than just like, I wish I had a red Ferrari, or I just wish I could pay the electric bill. Or I wish I could have a baby, or I wish my son would do this. You know, just whatever that's going on in your life. He said there's a desire in there. So, okay, Lord, he asked me to ask you, why are you in church today? And so I said, I'll do that. So here I am. Why are you in church today? And you're like, well, of course, idiot, dummy. We all know why we're in church. Really? I suspect that most people don't know why they're in church. I suspect that if they were to call on God and say, Lord, I've got a petition, I've got a prayer, I've got a desire, that they couldn't tag it with attending church. That people are in church for a lot of reasons. You know, they say, and I've said this statistically, that over 90% of all teenagers, high school children, our children, when they leave home, also leave the church and never come back. Not some train them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll depart from it, but, you know, they'll come back. They never come back. Never, never come back. Never come back to the church. Not that church, but the church, the things of God. So we don't go necessarily to church for the right reason is my bottom line. How about y'all? Did you know there's very few Christians in church today? They're not ever in church. We define them as people that have not been in church of their design, except for funerals and weddings, in at least the last six months, we call them the unchurched. But of them, over half of them are born again. Not just Christians, they are born again. They've made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus himself. And they are going to heaven. We will see them, not in church. <laughs> we'll see them on the other side. They'll make it. So a lot of people are in church for different reasons. Don't make me come out there and entertain you this morning. Don't make me come out there and do a song and dance. So you'll come back next week. Don't make me have a new deal, a new gimmick. You know, he's going to pull a red rabbit out of the hat. Don't make me do that for you to say, I can't wait to get to church. We got to define some things. We got to consecrate some desires down in here and say, why in the world am I going to church today? Because, you know, if you don't know, then you can't believe you receive. And if you can't believe you receive, then anything that comes by will do. But then if something better comes by that gets in the way of church, going to church, then it'll do also. 
And lots of folks don't come to church because they don't know why they came when they came. And they have all sorts of expectations, but mostly I think they're a blank screen. Just blank. I'm given God, so-called God, or the friend that invited them, or some you know, Sunday school class. I'm giving them an hour and something of my Sunday morning. Don't ask me for Sunday night, and do not even think about getting into my Wednesday NYPD, you know, Bonanza or whatever shows up on TV. Sunday morning's all that it could be, but why am I there? Well, people don't know, and so they can't move the mountains in their life. If you can't define it, you can't desire it. And if you can't desire it, you can't receive it. And if you can't receive it, Jesus said you can't have it. And if you can't have it, then really God's spending a lot of time trying to justify the call of God on your life because you're not getting what you need even though you may be in church. You may be coming for the music. You know, I believe we have outstanding music. You may not like the style. You may not like the tempo. We've had people say they were leaving a long time ago because it was too loud. But I know where they went, and it was louder. You know, liar, liar, pants on fire. You may not like our music. You may go, eh, you know, I want to bring in the sheaves, and I want to count my many blessings. It's like the temperature in the church. You can't hit everybody, you just got to turn a fan on on one side and say, all you like the wind blowing, get over here, and all you that like the still, you hop over here, and we just somewhere in the middle, you just find a seat. The day is coming where you'll just be glad to get a seat anywhere. Hallelujah. Bring your fan. People that come to church that don't know why they come to church, but they go out saying, that was good, I enjoyed that. And everybody pretty much, like petting a dog or something, gets a good feeling. Pet the dog, that feels good. Eating a chocolate milkshake, is, that feels good too. They get this slopped over blessing. It wasn't coming to them. It just went to somebody that was pulling and drawing and making a demand. Someone that says, I'm speaking to the mountain. I desire this thing. I'm going to church because it's a part of who I am and what God's doing to me. It's in me. Now listen, listen. We've had people in this church not just once, not just twice, that have come to church, that have showed up at church and said, God, if you don't speak to me today, you know, I'm going to lose it. I'm going out my way. I may never show up at church again. Boom, the word of the Lord comes forth. And they come up later and say, you just don't know. Had that happen numerous times. And it has nothing to do with us. It's like flipping the channel on the TV. You're watching Rambo over here, and you flip it over here, and you're watching some chick flick. It just changes. You know, it's on there, and it's the same way with the Lord. He changes the channels according to howsoever he willeth. Well, see, when you get in a service like that, that somebody's pulling, someone's making a demand, someone's there saying, this isn't just church. This is my life. This is where I come. This is what's happening to me. Then when you come and sit next to someone like that, you sit over here, and you're just sitting there. And, you know, Kevin's just sucking and drawing and believing God. Well, here I am going, Woo! I like this. This is good. Don't have a clue what's going on. But I sure am glad Kevin's getting blessed. And go out of church saying, that sure was fine. But the next week they say, you know, having a bass tournament on Sunday. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Well, yeah, bass tournament. That's good. Yeah, we need to be there. Because you don't know why you're in church. I wrote some things down. John 10.10 says that he wants you to have his life in you until... There is no 1 Corinthians 1.10 schism or division among you and that you come together in the same mind and the same judgment for every second of your life. I've kind of put two scriptures together. 
He wants his life in you until you are saturated. And I'm glad that you can't get saturated without church in your life. Some churches you could go to, there's always people, and there's, so there's always groups that you don't necessarily get saturated with God just because you walk in and the big cross is there and the stained glass is giving you a warm fuzzy. We're not talking about the building. We're talking about an impartation where God directs traffic. And he knows the needs of everybody and changes the message and causes things to be released and causes things to be done because of the people that are there and because of where corporately that church, that people need to go together. He's the master planner, the architect of the church. He's not just showing up and the minister was on sermons.com and just said, that's a good one, click, print. Don't forget your Reader's Digest, honey. Oh, yeah, yeah, I almost forgot that. You know, we're not there. This has got to have some divinity to it. So you've got to have your life changed in church. It's not the only place, and it may not even at all times be the best place. But bless the Lord, it's a good place. Expectancy is the womb of the supernatural. Now, you don't need all of us to have the supernatural in your life. If you'll put some expectancy in your heart, you can have it yourself. But I have found that most people need a little help. A lot of us need a little help. We need to get with people of like precious faith. And we get in there and we get stirred. And when we get stirred, things come to the top and we go, I need that. So you have people coming to church that are expectant. I think we ought to know why we come to church. I think we ought to come for his word. Now, I've been a part of, and I've observed churches that came for the music. And we like music. We love music. And we like faith-filled music. But we don't come for music. I've seen churches that music was the main event. Wow, we had church. It was so good this morning. The preacher didn't even have time to open the Bible. Praise his name. Lord bless us. Well, you know, occasionally that has happened here. But it's not something we say, man, that was good. No Bible, no word, no preaching. So we come for the word. How many of y'all come for the word? We also come for the anointing. Because if it's not that, let's just just cut costs here at Word of Life Church. And I'll get in my office at home and get it on tape and send you a cassette every week. And you can get information. If we're just here for information, let me get a better way. And that way the air conditioner won't be running and the lights won't be turning and all that stuff. No, we want the anointing. Because that's God moving. The anointing is God moving. It's not just a series of events that you can chronologically lay down like history, but it's God moving. It's God intervening. It's God having the preeminence. It's God dominating your life. You can go to church. Oh, I went to church. Was it good? What did he preach? I don't know, but it was good. You know, that sort of thing. You know, that's just not going to build you a real strong life. It was good, but I don't know. It didn't change much if you don't know. Well, who won, the Braves or the, 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 the whatevers, you know? I don't know, but it was a good game. Well, you know that thing's going to last about 30 more seconds, and you're not even going to remember you watched the game. And it's the same thing about the Word. We've got to have the anointing. We ought to come to church where there's an anointing. And if there's not one there just by default, we ought to come and pull one in. <laughs> we ought to come and say, bless God, I need something from Heavenly Father. And just going to Gordo wasn't getting it this week, so I'm coming to church. And in the music, I'm going to cooperate. Say cooperate. Cooperate. I'm going to cooperate. Some of y'all, and I just purposely don't look around. Every once in a while, you just make a 
Mary Fran Varello taught me to just, you know, go back and just scan who's here in case he wants to talk to me about somebody or something. But not just examining, saying, well, look at them. But I found some of y'all don't do worship and praise too good. You, 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 uh, your post-toasties had a lot of seam in it, and it, and it went down into the legs, and then you chased it with a little milk, and it set up before you got here, and, and there you are. And I, you make us entertainers when you do that. And I don't like being an entertainer. I don't like putting on a show for folks. You like putting on a show for folks, Kevin? But we just ignore that and just go to the people that, that have put in a draw. But praise and worship will help you. Oh, but pastor, you just got that personality where you just, you just like it. You just don't know. You are clueless. You are, you are uninformed, misinformed. It is pure F-A-I-T-H. Now, I get into it just like anyone could and would, and the feelings come. But it's not because of the feelings. I worship God not by feelings. I worship him because I want to go somewhere, and this is the path. And, of course, in the path, it's fun. You know, if, uh, if you're not praising God publicly, we just got to ask you. You know, I don't know why we're doing this this morning. This has no, I have nothing in me on my, but you got to ask yourself, are you a praiser at home, and you just don't like people to see? Oh, I just don't want people to see me wave my hands. Well, doggone. We doubt, we doubt, we doubt you are a praiser at home. We think you've crystallized. You're stove up. That when, you, when you're this way in church, when the anointing's here and when there's a little help, you know, we, we, we actually put this wall in here, we kept this wall in so that the street, the people go down the street wouldn't see us. We, we could have taken it down and just and said, we're going to do it in front of the whole world. But we didn't. We, we locked up all four walls, and so really everybody in here is kind of for us. So you could, you could praise God in here, and really your, seek, your friends might not ever know what you look like. <laughs> Amen. So we ought, to, we ought to buy faith. We're going to say, God, I'm here to get the mountain moved. Well, move a foot. Yeah. Move a hand. Well, I, that, that, those guys that run around the room, I, that's not me. Then you're not where you should be. Get that to be you. You may not run. You may not, you may not run for six months, but you always know, I can run any second. I could run. Instead of saying, well, they or it or something. You ought to, you ought to just run just to bless God, shut the devil up to say, you little chicken, you little weenie, you little no thing. You ought to run. But if you can't run, raise your hand. If you can't run, shout every once in a while, bring in the she's, bringing. Y'all don't want to make me sing, do you? Amen. Well, you, we ought to hear you. Somebody, when we go through the church, says, who can sing? Who, Kevin's looking for somebody. Who can sing? Well, I've heard everybody in here, and I can tell you who can sing. Instead of saying, we don't have a clue about this side over here. They never opened their, their head. We don't know what they can sing. So we need the anointing. See, family, we got needs that we don't even know about. We, we, we got stuff that's, that's pressing us, that's, that's limiting us, that's, that's, that's shutting us down that we don't even know. We can't even get to there because we can't get the hand up. I had somebody in my church in Seminole that uh, every time the service would start, he got in the, the nap position, the nap position, which means I am so tired. I used all my energy to get here, but now I'm going to get some relief. And so he, he, he did that. He wasn't really sleeping. He heard every word I said. 
but he's trying to intimidate me and just say, you know, this, that, that. Well, he didn't intimidate me. This was between him and God. I'm on time. I got the stuff. I'm in my place. It's him that's going to go out empty. It's him that's going to go out missing it, trying to win the card game with 51 cards. You know, you can't ever win. Hallelujah. That was a little carnal, but anyway, it's kind of hallelujah. Why do we go to church? Well, we go for the anointing. I, I wrote down Hebrews 10.24 where it says, and let us consider one another to provoke, provoke, what does it say? Um, unto love, yeah, unto love and good works. You know, we just do better when we're all together towards loving each other. The phone call thing, the letter thing, or the seeing you down at Walmart's just not it. It's just good to go to church and have someone, have someone just come up to you and say, man, you are a blessing. This one I call long and tall. He comes from a family of long and tall. Hallelujah. I, I do not come from long and tall. Hallelujah. And just to have someone put their hand on you and speak life to you. We're not, we're not in, this isn't a sick ward or something. But everybody needs to know when they go to their own company, someone's been thinking about them. And when they see them, they brighten. Ooh, I've been thinking about you. Or, ooh, I hadn't had a thought about you. But now I see you, I'm thinking about you. <laughs> Whatever. We ought to go to church because this is who we are. And when you're not here, then we're not who we really are. Romans 4 says, Not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now listen, he staggered not at the promise of God unto, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. You know, you can get some of that on you at church. One reason we go to church, I have no notes on this whatsoever. One reason we go to church is to keep little off of us. Little will try to get on you. It squeezes every day. It's like dust in your house. You may not see it visibly as it's falling, but wait three days and have somebody come by. You know how it is when you've lost weight or gained weight and they hadn't seen you and you go in, they go, oh, look at you. You know, well, you didn't notice it. They say, Debbie says, my hair's been turning gray, but I don't see it because I just look at the mirror straight. Well, it's the same thing. The little will get on you if you don't come and get it scraped off. And the word of God and the corporate anointing of God and the saints of God. Because not all of us are at the top of the mountain all the time. But praise God, not all of us are down in the valley all the time. So when you come in in whatever condition, you can either be a helper or you can receive some help. But you ought to go to church because I found that no matter how long you stay at home thinking about church, it never gives you any of the benefits of church. And on Monday, you hadn't got a chance. You hadn't got a chance of victory if you need victory and you hadn't been to church. There's just, I don't know why God doesn't do it, but he doesn't seem to be real big on bringing it to you personally in the sense of when you could have been in church. Well, Lord, I'm backslid and I like it. And I'm not going to church because I'm mad at the preacher. I'm mad at sister so-and-so. I'm mad at the carpet color. I'm mad. I'm just mad. I'm out of sorts. And, Lord, they don't do it like I want. Or I can't decide which church to go to. And, and I got family that wants me to go. All the things that people do every day. Some of them just don't get up. I mean, they don't even deal with this. they just like, it's 2 o'clock and I don't care. But, you know, when we go, we have an opportunity that on Monday morning, I got the victory. I got something in me. I can't even describe it. It wasn't anything you could just articulate and say this happened and this was said, but it's better. Versus someone that just like, I don't, I'm tired. Y'all ever heard that? I'm too tired to go to church. <laughs> 
They didn't name in very big on that one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here's why we ought to go to church. I think we ought to go to church to see a move of God. I think, I've never known anybody that, you know, there's a few, Smith and, and, uh, and, uh, and you know, the other ones, uh, Lake, John, yeah, John E., hallelujah. They had a move of God without a church. Praise God, you can. You can get out there with God. Debbie's grandmother, Baptist girl, I mean 100%. Just, just faithful and true, Baptist all the way for, for 100 years. But so loved Jesus, so loved God, so just loved him. Out on the ranch by herself, got filled with the Holy Ghost, didn't even know what it was, spoke in other tongues, and didn't know what it was. That's the coolest part. Well, we're coaching you through it, and we're trying to help you do it, and say this, and hold this. And, but, you know, when you're just out there, Jesus, and all of a sudden you're on the floor, and you can't get up, and you're speaking in an unknown tongue, that's when you, you're putting a draw. So you can get it by yourself, but, you know, even after that, we need each other to keep it. So I think we ought to go to church to just, and this is the way Debbie and I have always been, we're just so nosy. We just always thought they might do something and we wouldn't be there. It could be that service where they just, it broke loose and they said, did you hear? Oh man, we watched Zorro on TV. We didn't go to church. We just stayed home. No, we're just so nosy. We just got to go and see what's going to happen. Well, this is that church. I said, this is that church. Because I just have a few maybe. I don't know how many of y'all really will go with me. But it doesn't take... It just takes Gideon's army, so to speak. It just takes a few of us up in the upper room to say, we're with you. We're going to go with God to get a move of God. I think we ought to go to church because we need a visitation of God. Well, we had one. Brother Hagen had one, and he told us about it. That's not exactly what I had in mind. I want one for me. I'm just double greedy. I want a visitation from God for me. And if I'm not able to really know the ins and outs of it, I can go to church and we'll sing and run and just whatever, and I'll be closer to it then than I'll ever be. So I'm going to church because I want a visitation. And you know what? We've had them. Every service in some dimension is a visitation of God. Well, you know, we had the gifts of the Spirit that Sunday, you know, or we had the signs and wonders. Well, some Sundays we just have the preaching of the Word, and it just sets the captives free. I think we ought to go to church for a demonstration of God. Well, God don't show out. He wants you to do it by faith. Listen, once you believe, it's on the way. It could happen in church. I mean, the demonstration of somebody's faith, believing they take it, could happen in church. Listen, Mark Brzee always said that when, I think it was him that said, uh, when the anointing meets the when, the, when what you're believing of the word meets the anointing, there's manifestation. Something like that, paraphrased. The thing is, is when you're believing going to Gordo to eat a hamburger, you're believing God, you're cultivating that, you're pulling on God. Thank you, Lord, that you've healed me. Thank you, Lord, this bill is paid. Thank you, Lord, that this need is met. Thank you, Lord, I have a husband. Thank you, Lord, I've got a wife. Whatever you're believing God for. Well, it's not happening. We'll go to church because the anointing of God will hit that word, what you're believing, and in the womb of expectancy, you'll start to create something. You'll conceive it, and it'll... it'll It'll show up. Happens all the time. But we have people that aren't schooled in why they go to church. So they just show up, and here's their attitude. Bless me if you can. And you know, like I said, we're not that good at entertainers. So when you're waiting for an entertainment thing, because we sang longer than, we, we've gone, we, you know, we always, 
are a lot further along than this usually. So this morning we did some other things. But, uh, but we're not into entertainment. If you're waiting for it to work on your flesh first, this is not your place. Oh, hallelujah. I think we ought to have a miracle in church. We've had legs grow out. We've had all sorts of things happen. But that's not really it. That's a good starter, and the Lord does start you there. But we ought to have miracles in church. Not that they necessarily transpire in church, but then we have the reporting of them. That we just say, look what happened to so-and-so. They were in th this situation, and they're out. We ought to have, I'm moving through this, we ought to have breakthrough. Say breakthrough. breakthrough. Listen, breakthrough's big in church. It ought to be. It ought to be big in church. I'm going to church this morning, and like the woman with issue of blood, I'm believing I receive. When I go, and when he or she lays hands on me, or when we sing, or when he amens, whatever, I'm receiving my breakthrough. Well, I tell you, you'll change the pastor's sermon. You'll change the message of the minister. You'll, you'll draw him off. I think I'm being drawn off this morning for some reason. You'll have, I like this, a glorified outburst. <laughs> Why, Nigel may have right there, just sitting there, just, a, just one of them Arnold's. Those, the, those Arnold's are pretty, you know, subdued. They're not what you call wild-eyed or anything. And Nigel may just have a, what, what we call a glorified outburst. Yeah, hallelujah. I knew, I knew he was getting my cue, hallelujah, because see, it's in him. It's not just on him, it's in him, and then we, when somebody just pushes the button, this is the on button, well, then you, you get what's in comes out. We ought to be a little more spontaneous. You know, nobody ever went home, listen, no one ever went home and said, I am just, I am so ticked. There was people running this morning. There was people praying in the spirit. There were, and it's just terrible. It's just terrible, the spirituality of this church. I much rather have it where we just bring in the sheaves and, and, uh, and one fine day. No, we're all going, Woo! did you see that? See, Leanne, Leanne will sing, and, and Leanne then, she'll whoop. Won't you, girl? Yeah. yeah. I love it. What are you talking about? You don't always love it, do you? <laughs> she'll whoop, though. She'll just, I, I can't even tell you what that word is. But nobody goes home and saying, them shires, they, you know, zip it up. Suddenly, say suddenlies. I'm almost through. Suddenlies. Suddenlies will happen in church because we're focused here. You can't go cut that board off of the countertop. You can't go take out the trash. You can't run that little that water line in the back. You can't uh, move the furniture. In church, you're supposed to be, if you're not sleeping, you're supposed to be focused on God. And he's got an opportunity at that time to move something into your life that could not otherwise come. Not because of God, but because you opened up and said, I'm here, I might as well receive. And so while you're here, you receive. Now, when you leave the place, obviously, uh, all the time, you move out of the, the physical and tangible anointing of God, and you move into a place of doubt and unbelief, usually. Do you all live there? <laughs> and, and you just go home, and you go, man, now it hurts, or it, it doesn't work like. So you're going to have to keep on it. You're going to have to take it with you, but at least you got some to take with you. And then I wrote down, turned into another man. We've had people turn into other men. I mean, get born again, obviously. Get spirit-filled, obviously. But just change in church. Uh, connected. Uh, I put down first time. Say first time. You'll do things, listen, you'll do things in church for the first time. Things you've never done before, you'll do in church the first time. And you know, you'll always be glad you did it in church. 
It's validated. It's received. It's accepted. So you got to decide, why am I in this place this morning? Because the commitment, as you know, you're used to it, many of you, most of you are used to getting up and putting on, you know, probably some, you know, special clothes or, you know, different clothes than when, you know, when you're going out to mow the grass or whatever. And you, you make a commitment to be here on time, mostly. Did I say that? I'm sorry. Mostly. <laughs> and, you know, kind of getting here and getting in a frame of mind. Just getting here. It, you know, your, your kids may doodle, but you're sitting there with your Bible. Can you believe how many people go to church that don't take their Bible? And why should they? Don't, they never open it. So, what? you know, but we open our Bible here. So God wants to do something with this county. But let me just tell you all, this is the bottom line, I believe. He wants to begin with us. Why would we open up a restaurant and just all of us gather in the family kitchen and feed ourselves, and then after it's over, put the dishes up and close the door? You know, it's not just all about us. The eating's good here, but let's open it up, and we gotta, we got to be full to have an overflow. I, I don't want that slopped over blessing. Some of y'all have been pulling a blessing into this church. Every time you come, you draw, you pull, you, 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 be, you, you, you make things happen and no one even knows how or why, and people are getting blessed, and they don't know how or why. They just know, wow, church is good. But we need to see what would happen. What would happen if everybody tithed? What would happen to the finances of any organization? We'd do things. See, we're already meeting the bills. We're already got our, our, uh, our uh, overhead paid for. But if everybody kicked in, and I'm just talking theoretically here, we'd, we'd get over into the ministry part. Paying the electric bill is not ministry. You know, that sort of stuff, it just, it just gets you where you have an opportunity. So if you just pay the electric bill and get the pastor kind of happy and, you know, whatever, then you've done that. But if you were to have something in here that, woo, buddy, we could, we could buy flyers for the youth to go out and put in the, in the neighborhood, wouldn't that be special? And on the same token, the same dimension, if everybody came in and started pulling, everybody came in maybe even early. Wouldn't that be special? And they came in prayed up instead of acting like they just broke down on the side of the road and the spare was low and they had to get a ride back to town. By the time they get here, they're just cranky. You know, you're just cranky when you, when you change a flat on the way to church. Well, some people never change a flat, but they act like they did. What if everybody just came in and by faith, not by feelings, just said, I am putting a draw on the things of God today. I'm, I am full. I am not needy. I am happy. I am blessed. But not out of need. I'm putting a draw on the things of God. I'm going to church, listen, with purpose. Would that be a change? What kind of church would that be that everybody came in and they knew why they were there? Wow. Knew why they were there. Why are you here? I don't know. Why are you here? I don't know. It just, you know, I just pulled off. You know, I was out of gas and just pulled in or whatever. No, I'm going and I'm going to receive so I can give. Now, some of y'all may be a little irritated with me this morning about this message, but I can promise you I didn't, this is not in my ideal. I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying this isn't what I, I got a whole, I got notes here that will fly, fly. That's not on this. So the Lord's talking to us this morning about coming with purpose. And it's not up to me. I, to say I don't care is not true, but I'm not going to carry the burden of people that don't really want to come to church. <laughs> because that's a lot of folks. <laughs> but on the other hand, when we come with purpose, boy, we get something done. And it, you know, if you just got one life to live, you might as well live it in the God lane. 
you might as well, because see, we've had, we've had thousands of years of people living without God to prove it's good, to prove it's wonderful, to prove it's worth living, and they've never pulled it off. They've never, no society or culture's ever pulled off that living without God is so good, you ought to go full time. Nobody has. They're disappointed, they're broke, they're sick, they're hopeless, they're discouraged, they don't have it. But we have 2,000 years of a people that says, we serve God, we speak in tongues, we going after the supernatural, and there is nothing like it. And we're telling everybody we know because it's so exciting. So will y'all hook up with the Holy Ghost? Because I, I don't even say hook up with me because I, I, you know, this is just, he brought this. Well, let's stand up. Have, have you done, when's the last time that you've done something for the first time? Woo! Praise God!